Welcome to this edition of the Million Dollar Mastermind Podcast. This is where we pick the brains of high achievers from all walks of life and get their hard-earned, real-world insights on winning. I'm your host, Larry Wydell. Okay, we're just between me and you. You know, this is not the interview portion, but this is just me and you over coffee. I would say to you, and you'll probably say, no, that's stupid. But I would say to you, that might have worked out incredibly, rather than I did this wrong, this, uh, incredibly to your advantage that you went in all these different advantages. Could you prove to yourself what's valid and not valid? And I'll tell you this, if those thoughts pursuing those other things were unexplored, they could have showed up when you exactly. were 10 times bigger and created more 10 times the distraction. So that's why it's good to do a lot of this stuff early on is like, no, I ain't fall off that again. You know, would you agree with a little bit of that? Exactly. And that goes back to it. There's no judgment about it. It's just, you know, how I think about it, though, is I think what I do, maybe this is a better way to say it. You don't have to necessarily know the business that you're like the perfectly figured out. But I do feel like the importance of a, a core set of values and a mission of like, what's the impact you want to have? I want to do this. That is a piece that, again, it probably took me too long to develop. But I agree 100%. You know, I got to tinker around a little bit. And I think, too, like I never, I also just didn't judge myself. You know, I'm not. I mean, sure, but there's times where we're like, God, I wish my business was bigger. And, oh, look at this person over here. And they've done this. And then again, like, I love what you said. Then it comes down to profit. How much money are you making? And can you reinvest that versus, you know, especially coming from this kind of technology world? So and so people put raising money as a badge of honor. You raised 40 million in venture and you're burning 200,000 a month. It's like, I'm sorry, I don't, that's not a badge of honor. It's like, good, good for you. But you also have to learn how to make a profit. And that's something that I think is probably the hardest part about business today, but it's going to be the most crucial for any of these technology companies in particular. Well, thank you for saying that, because I'm going to rub that in my editor's nose, <laughs> their face in it when they come to edit this, because, you know, when they come up with new guests, propose new guests for me to uh, check out for the podcast, you know, I'm a monster because, you know, I want solid accomplishments because if you don't have solid accomplishments, what are you going to talk about? You probably don't have the information that is going to come out and really people can spot a phony. And so when I see taglines in their credentials, supposedly their credentials, the top bullet points about why we need to have this person on the podcast is like, they raised $420 million in capital for this, this thing. I said, I don't care what they raised. What did they do with it? That's right. Are you a banker or are you an operator? <laughs> and those are two different. Trust me, but just so you all know, it is always better to be the bank eventually. All right. Just to be yeah. you know, very clear. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. I think comparison for a lot of people to just pull on that thread is is I think what stops a lot of entrepreneurs from achieving what they could achieve and business owners is that thought of like, man, I should be farther along. We should be doing this. And that mindset can be really dangerous, you know, because it, it starts to, you know, wears on you and you're like, oh, should I do something different? And to your point, it's like, sometimes the market's just got to catch up. And here we are 10 years later. And I think I'm seeing the tailwinds and like, cool, like we're ready. I can't for, you know, it, there's times when you can create a market and, you know, in certain product lines, but for a lot of it, you've got to kind of wait. 
and really love what you do and be passionate about it so you can weather the storm and not build the other thing I'll tell you is and to not build a lifestyle that makes you dependent on having to make 300,000 or four. Cause I, I see a lot of sales leaders that come to me at like, you know, Thank they, you. they've been in house and they're making 400, 500,000 a year. I mean, they, and by the way, they've made that money one year. And so now that's what they're worth. They're usually, they should, they're really worth 250, but they made 400 one year and they don't want to keep doing it, but they've added the second house. Their kids have to go to private school and they've, they've created a life that shackles them. And I've been very purposeful. I've been lucky. My wife, you know, has a fantastic role as well, too. I've never overextended. I've always lived to build the business value, not the cash in my bank account and a $250,000 boat. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong. I did buy a, a new BMW this year. But that's about it, man. <laughs> we got, I think when you're building and scaling a business, I want to dump all that money back into the business not into now not saying you shouldn't go and enjoy it we my wife and I we do a lot of vacations but you have to I'm focused on building business value it's the exit in you know 4 years or whatever that is where I'm going to get paid not now and every time I take that 250,000 out that's two experts I could have hired or three that now my business can't grow because of it and would I rather have a boat now or you know something bigger later and that's my mindset in scaling this company that look I'm 43 years old I got a lot of working time left Right. And so I'm taking the long term approach. I think too many people, again, they see that one business person who flipped, you know, who got into commercial real estate or did whatever. And they all of a sudden they've got this big mansion. They're like, shit, man, I'm going to go back full time. I know I could go make my three hundred and fifty thousand bucks. And they never realized that where they could have been. Yeah. Let me shift gears. Where are you living now? Where are you now? I'm in Austin. Oh, you're in Austin. So we moved down here. I started the company in New York. We lived in Brooklyn at the time. Our office was in Soho. It was sweet. Working in Soho in New York is like the best place on the planet to work. But as the business grew, I can tell you, you know, what's not fun is New York city tax and state tax. And so as we had our second child, our daughter, you know, my wife and I just kind of thought about what we might want to do. So in 2018, we're like, well, let's go check out Austin. And so we moved down here and haven't looked back since. We were ahead of the COVID rush. Where in Austin are you? We're in uh, like Westlake area. So okay. Westside, Lost Creek. It's great. Great family. It's a great place to raise kids. You know, still tons of stuff going on. So it kind of, you know, it's not like New York going on, but there's enough right now that I'm 43 or two. How do you keep yourself? I'm going to get back on the business in a minute, but how do you stay energized and inspired? You know, because the trajectory of success and running a growing organization, if you don't pay attention to staying what will refresh you? But sometimes it's more work or another company or something, but sometimes it's hobbies, it's travel, it's this and the other. But the more, I think you need to know your limitations, but you need to know also what refreshes you and what keeps you coming back for more. And what would you say that would be for you? Again, everyone needs, they call them an integrator personality. I'm definitely some like weird mix of a visionary and integrator, which these two personality types it kind of takes to run a company. and. I'm always thinking about what's next. And sometimes it drives my team insane. And I've gotten a lot better. <laughs> I've gotten a lot better now about like doing my little skunk work projects over here right. and not involving them until I like build it out. And then I'm like, okay, guys, I've built this thing out. You're welcome. And go do that. So again, like there's so much cool things happening in technology. Like right now, 
again, and everyone who knows me, if you're listening to this, you're going to be like, oh God, here he goes. He's going to start talking about ChatGPT. But you know, we're building out a suite of products around generative AI and ChatGPT. And what these tools are capable of is the exact same as whenever we first went online. Like this is a quantum leap forward in terms of workplace productivity, quality of work productivity. And so I think for me, I'm always, I am trying to think, where's the market going to be? Where's it going to be? And right now that thing is ChatGPT. And so we've built in really quickly in about three months, we built out you know, a series of like prompt libraries and workshops for revenue organizations and CEOs on how to utilize ChatGPT and tools like it in their revenue organization quickly. So we've jumped on that and now we're building some tools that can help them you know, leverage the platform and bring their playbooks and things into it to make it easier for their team to execute. So I think it's always trying to think about what's ahead and then carving out time to learn. If I see a trend, I'll go to my team, I go, guys, and this happens maybe once a year or ish. I'll say, guys, I got to fire myself next week. I need to go deep on this. And so that's, I did that, you know, probably five months, six months ago with ChatGPT. And here we are six months later, we've got a business unit that's literally, we're making almost like a thousand bucks every couple of days, just in like our self-service stuff, not alone the consulting work. And so that's what I do, man. I just come up with stuff. And now I'm good enough about not distracting my team, at least, <laughs> so where they can focus on what's actually driving money today and not like, here's another idea from Jake. Because sometimes your team, they're not going to see the vision. They're not going to, it's not their job, you know, or hypothetically for certain roles to think about all the time, what's going to be next ahead, what's going to be next ahead. You know, that's my role as a leader. So I'm curious to hear what you would say about this. I get into the same problem with my staff. <laughs> at least one or two people on my staff, because there's only one or two that you, you know, are capable of thinking that way. But it is thinking in a creative mode. You know, what if we do this? What if we, and you're starting to spit. Now, if they're an administrative type person where everything is in a column and their whole day they spent getting things in the column and this, that, and the other. And then you come in and say, what if we do this? You know, and you're describing, and they're like, it just isn't, you know, it's kind of like you, you, dad, those people, they go into a tizzy. They're like, uh, 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 and it's like, no, do not drop everything. I'm not saying this is what we're doing. I trust. Yes. I can relate to what you're going. Yeah. And one thing that I'll hear is no, we can't afford it. It's like, wait a minute. We're just talking about maybe possibility, you know, you know, like, no, we're not, you know, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. I'm just talking about. And, uh, <laughs> but it's kind of like the difference between a back office service administrative person in a company and the sales force, two different kind of mindsets. Two different. And you need both. Like, I mean, again, that's probably again, even with my business, like I've got a, a number two, Brianna, and she just enjoys that stuff. You know, and she'll say, she's like, she's got a POV. She's got, she definitely has an idea, you know, strategy, et cetera. But she loves, you know, building everything out in Asana and making it work and then trying to find ways to automate it. And she's got like a number two that works with her to do it. And you cannot find those people early enough. That's another thing I look back and like, oh, I should have hired a person like this sooner. But yeah, there's just people that appreciate that. And what I'll tell you, there's a really great book I read recently. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's called Who Not How. I don't think so. It's Dan Sullivan. I can't, it's, there's two people. But it really has changed my perspective on hiring too. And it's leveled up the organization, you know, from doing it, which is, he just talks about a lot of times you hire people for a job. You're like, hey, this job needs to get done. And he uses this thing called an impact filter, which is like, what's the outcome this job should be achieving? 
And then the other big point is, I think, again, because of that always growing mindset, the, the dark side of that coin is sometimes you hire for potential too often. And there are times in your company's maturation where that's not bad. But at the stage that we're at now, and kind of who not how is like, you, every job that you hire, hire someone who's better than you at that one thing. Right. Instead of just saying, I can hire someone who's good, they've done the job before. No, do not sacrifice. Hire people that are better than you. And that mindset for me, I think has been really important. And we've got three, you know, kind of mid-level roles open now. And, you know, our team's all aligned. Like this person's got to been there, done it, and better than somebody else on this team at it, or they're not getting hired. And I think that's an important mindset. Thanks for listening to the Million Dollar Mastermind. If you felt there were any valuable takeaways from this episode, please take a minute and leave us a five-star review. Your feedback is important and really helps us get the word out to a wider audience. Remember, we have a valuable webinar that is absolutely free. Register for it right now at whitealanwinning.com. Thanks for listening.